Hey guys, this is Richard Sachs. I'm your host on Lost Arts Radio. It's nice to have you back again. Thank you. And uh, this special show tonight, we've got our friend Dr. Rima Labo with us, and we're going to look at the events of the original 9-11, as it's known, in 2001, which we remember well at this point. I'm sure Dr. Rima does too. And um, 9-11 in 2021 and see what's changed and what's developed and the difference and similarities. And, you know, that's enough for a long, long show, and we're going to skip through it quickly in an hour show. But there's a lot of important things happening right now. I just finished a special show for YouTube only that I had to be very acceptable. And now that we've been re-educated, so as we don't want to lose that platform right away, you know, I could only say a few things, but now we're going to speak freely and uh, welcome, Dr. Riemann. Why don't we start with looking at what happened originally in 9-11, and then we'll compare. Well, first of all, let me say how pleased I am to be with you and with your audience. It's always a great pleasure. And it's, it's, it's exciting. Thank you. And let me forewarn you, there will be occasional barks, yips, growls. They are not coming from me. They are coming from the half-grown dog and the full-grown dog who are currently working out their relationship. Okay. If you need to bark occasionally, too, it's all right. Thank you, Wolf. Speaking freely on this show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, let me share something that happened on 9-11. Uh, General Burke's double body. Goodness. General Burke. Can you hear me? Doggies. Most of the time, yeah. Okay. Well, the rest of it's not important. General Burt Stubblebine, my husband, um, former U.S. Army Intelligence uh, Chief, and I were in Hawaii on 9-11. We had been asked to attend a, um, uh, a seminar and to lecture at the seminar and demonstrate some equipment that uh, has to do with healing. Um, with some Tesla capacity and this and that. And so at about four o'clock in the morning, the, in our hotel room, the phone rang, and it was a young woman who had been an active duty um, officer in the intelligence and security command under my husband when he was on active duty. And she was still in the intelligence world and still a friend. Uh, and she called us in Hawaii, and she said to Bert, Sir, turn on your television. The United States is at war. And he said to her, Come on already. What are you talking about? And she said, No, no, I'm serious, sir. So obviously we turned on the television, and there was uh, Building 1 being slammed into, and ultimately Building 2 being slammed into, and General Burt, a superb military intelligence analyst, turned to me and said, you watch, this information will have been in the system long before the events took place. And I said to him, with all the um, certainty of, um, of shock, oh, don't be ridiculous. That is the stupidest thing I ever heard. Once again, showing how much I know about military intelligence or how much I knew at that time. I still don't know anything about military intelligence, but I think I'm more intelligent now. Anyway, 
as we know now, it turned out that he was not only right, he was super right. And as it turned out, again, um, when he saw the photographs of the Pentagon strike and uh, the other evidence of what had happened and what supposedly had happened, he went on record as being the highest ranking military officer, retired, of course, the highest ranking military officer to speak out publicly against the 9-11 story. He was a brave and honest man. Um, He said, no, none of it makes sense. None of it. The more data he got, the more he was able to say no indeed. And ultimately, someone sent us photographs um, or video and the individual frames of the missile that actually hit the Pentagon because clearly it wasn't an airplane. Um, the, the entire thing, start to finish, for someone who understood the, um, the code, so to speak, was clearly nonsensical. If we can fast forward in a very uh, short discussion to 9-11-2021, the entire propagandemic the entire jab, uh, jabber, is far more nonsensical, makes even less sense. And to the shame and, and tragic status of the people of this planet, most people have suspended and surrendered their rational thought and have bought into the nonsense that is so patently illogical that it makes your teeth hurt. So what's different is that the public is even more um, deluded and willing to delude itself. It's really pretty striking. I mean, on 9-11, the original 9-11, one of the things that should have had people noticed that something was strange about the situation is three buildings falling down from two airplanes. Yes, nothing to see here. Just move along. Nothing. And the the third one that fell down was announced before it fell down by mistake. And the, the video of the plane smacking into the second was aired 21 minutes before it happened, and the uh, twice-unelected president of the United States, George W. Bush, uh, said it was terrible that two buildings had been struck when chronologically only one had yet been struck. So um, the incongruity should have had people up in, in an incredible uproar. And yet, as we see now, anybody who speaks the truth, sees the truth, analyzes the truth in a rational way, is labeled with that wonderful CIA term, conspiracy theorist, which we need to embrace and say, yes, I am willing to to uh, look at the theories of conspiracy because there certainly are conspiracies that are designed to enslave and kill us. Those are conspiracies. What do you think is the main reason that people in the original 9-11 didn't notice anything unusual? And that they thought, well, of course we should go bomb countries in the Middle East. This is obvious. Um, the 
propagandizing had been going on for some time. Unfortunately, first of all, one of the main reasons that we're in the pickle that we're in has to do with brushing your teeth. What did that woman just say? Um, at least twice a day, most of the public doses themselves with a mind-numbing mm. pineal gland calcifying toxin called fluoride. I forgot There's, they actually put that in toothpaste. And water. And water. Wow. Amazing. Yes. And I assume all of your listeners know well that fluoride was first used for this purpose in the uh, Soviet gulags to make the political prisoners who knew they were going to die and were not going to make anything easy for their captors uh, to make them apathetic, docile, and controllable. Right. And then the Germans learned about that from the Soviets who were at that point their allies. And they said, oh, that's cool. And then when the war didn't go as well as they wanted it to or promised the German people that it would during the Second World War, and the German people were saying, hey, hey, we were supposed to win this, roll over Europe, uh, be masters of the world in six months. What are you doing? We don't like this. Our people are dying. We're hungry. Um, the German high command decided to fluoridate the entire population of Germany. And they all settled down and said, oh, well, yeah, cool. Okay, we're losing the war, but hey, you know, that's how yeah, it there's goes. There's a lot of people that think it was only used in the prison camps in Germany. Oh, no. No, no, no. The entire population. Was, uh, of course, it was used in the slave labor camps and in the concentration camps, but it was also used first on the entire population. And then the fluoridation scientists were among the Operation Paperclip um, uh, booty of war that we brought to the United States. Sure. And the rest is fluoridation history. And right. by the way, if you don't think that it has any serious effects, you might want to look up on the internet using any search engine you like, fluoride and calcification of the pineal gland. If you calcify your antenna, your communication uh, transducer with the wider consciousness, you lose your moral compass and you're much more easy to control. Right. So... What happened at 9-11 compared to 9-11-2021 was kind of a much earlier phase of the same overall program, right? Absolutely. Let me tell you something that uh, some of your listeners may know, watchers, because this is yeah. a live stream, uh, right. may know that I was informed of the, quote, great culling by a head of state in 2002. I've told that story. Yeah. Um, But one of the things that um, they may not know is that the same head of state said to me that what we now call the Patriot Act was mm -hmm. sitting on Richard Nixon's desk when Richard Nixon was about to suspend the Constitution of the United States. He was prevented from doing that by um, uh, the... Two members, the head of the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Defense, um, who wrote him a letter. This is historical documentation and said, tell you what, you've lost the 
um, the trust and uh, loyalty of the United States Army uh, or United States military. So you have a choice. You can either resign now or we will arrest you and try you for treason. What do you think? Well, within 24 hours, he was on television um, resigning from the office of president of the United States uh, using the famous phrase, my fellow Americans, and thus ended the reign of the would-be dictator who intended to use what we now call the Patriot Act minus the electronic bells and whistles that um, that were developed over time between right. 1974 and 2001. But the uh, loss of civil liberties, the... Um, uh, the uh, making of an enemy of anyone who disagreed with the official narrative, all of that, um, the internment camps and so on, all of that was intended for 1974. We squeaked by that one. And then in 2001, the inside job was perpetrated that gave the uh, our would-be masters the opportunity to slice into our liberties, civil and otherwise, and uh, the people of the United States said, oh, okay, and here we are. Right. So what's happening now in, in the same light? I mean, originally 9-11 in 2001 was was very successful, right? I mean, it, it expanded the war base into many countries in the Middle East that were targeted for invasion and occupation. And it also, at the same time, accomplished the removal of individual rights that this country was at least theoretically founded on, natural rights, individual rights above the, the common good. In, in other words, it was seen as the common good to preserve individual rights because then everybody had a normal life or the ability to to have one. And that was taken away by virtue of the Patriot Act and a bunch of other things that went with it. But there was still a degree of, I guess, partial freedom that needed to be removed. And so they were looking for a way to do that. And the medical industry is perfect in a way because Almost everybody believes it's infallible and it's all for your own good and you should do whatever they tell you. Right. The Now, I'm a physician. I'm licensed in two states, in uh, Arizona and in New York. Mm -hmm. And I am licensed to kill, should I so choose. I do not. In my 51 years of medical practice... Uh, since graduation from medical school, I have never written a prescription for a pharmaceutical. Um, I obviously have little faith in that way of inducing health. It doesn't. When, just just so people understand, license to kill. It's not you know James Bond is licensed to kill. He can shoot you because it's for the good of the world. But in your case, you have to do it the slow way with drugs, right? Oh, it's, it's not necessarily slow. slow at all. If you are admitted to a hospital and you have uh, been given the label COVID as right. your diagnosis for no particular logical reason, just because, um, oh, and also because it's a 
great financial benefit to the hospital to do that. Um, If that happens and I give you remdesivir, it's not going to be slow. I'm going to kill you really fast. Well, if you need it to be faster too, you can use ventilators. I could, I could, I could put you on a ventilator and blow your lungs out. And that actually, if I'm, if I'm really in a hurry, that could take maybe 10 minutes. So, you know, right, right. They're adjustable. Yeah, they are. Um, And if you adjust them wrong, the results are really very satisfying if you're trying to get rid of as many people as possible, as quickly as possible. Um, So I believe that all of this has been a well-programmed march toward the gallows for most of us. Mm-hmm. And the program, I do not believe uh, that the program has been brought about by reptilians or uh, other non-humans. Why? I mean, it could be, but I just have not seen a shred of evidence. I've only heard assertions. Um, but maybe, you know, it could be reptilians. It could be uh, a giant guppies. I don't know. But anyhow, this has been well-programmed, and we've been marching toward this with the help of um, some of the notable uh, worthies of evil that uh, we all know the names of uh, for quite some time. Uh, David Rockefeller famously thanked um, the New York Times and Mm -hmm. the other major publications for their help in bringing about the New World Order without whose assistance, he said, it would not have been possible. So we've been propagandized, we've been brainwashed, we've been um, acculturated to a a level of subservience that makes real the the oft-repeated adage that the best slave is the one who believes he's free. Yeah, exactly, the most securely enslaved also. So what this indicates, because it's so global this time, is that there's some kind of an organization. It doesn't have to be guppies. I I wouldn't think it would be guppies because if they have gills, they have to breathe underwater. But with the lizard types, I don't think it's necessarily them either because humans are so bad in some of them that they wouldn't really need help from reptiles. You know, these could be genetically engineered guppies that can air breathe. Like okay, water. I'm sorry. I didn't think of that. That's more scientific. But but the point was, it's a global program. You know, it is absolutely it's going on all over the world. a global program. And it is coordinated in a way, if anyone had any doubt that it was a global program, you have but to look at the rhetoric from the Nepalese government and uh-huh. the Italian government and the Canadian government and the uh, the Brazilian government and every other well Brazil's president has been a little out of step. Every yeah. other president, with the exception of Haiti and Tanzania, yeah, a couple of African ones, and one or two other Mozambique, right. uh, and their presidents mysteriously died sudden assassination deaths of natural causes as gunmen broke into their homes or they were abducted and they were slaughtered. Um, You know, these things happen, natural causes. Right. 
And and the public, I think, you know, with the timing, yeah, yeah, it looks like they're in a hurry to accelerate the global program right now. But the timing had to wait on their estimation that the public is dumbed down enough so they wouldn't question what was happening and real obvious stuff that should have been. I actually believe that their hand was forced and they weren't quite ready to uh, spring the whole program on us. And then something happened. It's not clear to me what, but it looks like somebody pushed the button a little too soon because there are still large numbers of people who are saying, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. That's true. They should have waited until those people were in line with everybody else, I guess, to make it easier. They've been exterminated. Yeah, so they're going to try to make up for that with force at this point. I at least so. I think that's the plan. And we we all know what happened uh, with Biden. Now, let me say, um, there are people who, to my astonishment, are still saying, well, Donald Trump was the most anti-vaccine president we've ever had. No, Donald Trump was a um, vociferously and enthusiastically pro jab president who gave us Operation Warp Speed and has um, has supported this genetic disaster to which large segments of the world population are being exposed, rendering them dead men walking. Right. And, and what's interesting is that when he first got elected, he was the one who to question vaccine safety because of the injury to his own son. Correct. And and he asked a, uh, Robert Kennedy, who didn't even belong to his uh, political party, to check and, and show whether vaccines were really safe or not. And then he changed his mind. After, well, he, after said, some, he didn't actually ask him to. What he did was say that he was going to set up a commission and he was going to ask Kennedy to head it. And so, he met one t- or he had an appointment set up with Kennedy at Trump Towers in uh-huh. uh, Manhattan before the uh, before he was inaugurated. And that meeting, as I was informed, was actually canceled. It never took place. Obviously, somebody twisted um, yeah. some appendage of his body. Right. I think Robert Kennedy has actually talked about this and mm-hmm. said that when that happened, he was really disappointed because he thought he was going to get to go into all this stuff. Yes. And it didn't happen. And I yes. think some key meetings happened, one of which is what Bill Gates went over and talked to Donald Trump about this idea of the Vaccine Safety Commission and told him it wasn't really a good idea and that he should, he called it a dead end and it should be dropped. And therefore, we know from even before the inauguration that the man in whom so many people have placed their hopes was uh, completely controllable by the worst forces on the planet. So, be that as it may, uh, the the current occupant of the White House has just declared uh, his attempt at a level of medical tyranny that exceeds any that any modern dictatorship has ever. Right. So, so Trump set the foundation for it, you know, with the Warp Speed program and handing over billions of dollars to the for-profit vaccine makers and doing all that stuff to set it up. 
And then Biden stepped in and just took the next step, right? Actually, Reagan set the stage for it because during the first swine flu pandemic, where not Mm. one person died of swine flu, but um, well over 400 died of Guillain-Barre from the uh, swine flu vaccine, which they wanted to mandate for the entire population. After the death of 53 people, um, the swine flu, first swine flu vaccine program was halted. I'll repeat that, 53 people. Um, What happened was that the vaccine manufacturers told Congress, um, hey, we're going to stop making vaccines because people are going to sue the pants off of us and we can't afford all these lawsuits. And Congress said, oh, please let us help you. Please let us remove any and all liability from you so that you can do anything you want and you don't have to bear any financial cons or legal consequence. Now, to their credit, it could be that a lot of the members of Congress were dumb enough to believe the circular reasoning that, look, vaccines are killing everybody, so people are going to sue us for that. So if you let the suits happen, then you won't get your essential vaccines, so they can't, wouldn't be able to kill you. And Congress said, that makes total sense. You shouldn't have any liability, right? It is Im- incredible when you think about how much brain power lobbying money removes from decision makers. It, it is incredible because any, you know, I know this is a myth from olden days that may or may not have ever existed, but you have the feeling that if a normal person were in Congress, it would be irrelevant what money you're offered. You'd still tell the truth. This is a myth. Um, we have fairies dancing on the, the flowers, we have unicorns, we have rainbows, and we have honest politicians. Those are all real, by the way. Yes, those are real. Right. But then then we have honest politicians. It's kind of like the prostitute who says, I, I'm a prostitute, I'm a virgin. Uh, I'm a politician, I'm telling you the truth. Okay, so is it, th- just, just as a brief sidestep here, is it theoretically possible that an honest person who wasn't going to take bribes could become a politician? Could become a politician, yes, I believe so. And there have been such people. What I believe happens, and I'm not a politician and I have never been close enough to the um, the reality of politics to know this for sure, but what I believe mm-hmm. is that very soon such an honest person is woven into a level of corruption and blackmail by which they are owned and now progressively step by step by step they are brought out of their um, well-meaning naivete into the real world. Some of them could have had good motives when they got in. Absolutely. And I think there have been such people. Okay, so there's a number of techniques that are behind changes like that. One of which is, gee, you sure have a nice family. It would be too bad if anything happened to all of them, right? That would be one. Another one is, you know, you could have an incredible lifestyle and make some really good investment decisions if you go along with what we tell you is the best thing to do. And another is, wouldn't look so good 
if these photographs went public. Right, but how do they get the photographs in the beginning? Well, there are two ways. One is to Photoshop them, the other is to take them. Right, and usually, I guess what, what they could do is invite them to parties and things like that and then drug them or whatever they have to do to put them in compromising positions, something like that. General Stubblebine, my husband, had some amazing and hilarious stories about the attempts to corrupt him and to put him in compromising positions. He was a very smart dude and a totally honest uh, human being. And so he evaded and avoided all of them. And the stories in, involving people like Fidel Castro and so on are just hilarious, but very, very serious at the same time. Right. I, I only bring it up because it's important to understand the system, why all these politicians are, you know, they might start out good, but it, very quickly it's like, you notice, how did the worst of all people get elected to every power position there is? And it's because they turn into that, right? When I was in medical school, it came to me that in general, the absolute worst people to be department chairs for department chairs. And in, the medical, in the medical school. Medical school, schools. And I thought, how does this happen? And then I realized that in general, and there were some notable exceptions, but in general, the people who wanted that kind of power and position were the absolute worst people to wield it. They were the people who couldn't, couldn't, shouldn't be entrusted with it, but they were the only ones who fought for it. Interesting. I'm just looking at it because our motive here is not just to have a momentarily interesting show. The, the motive is that there's some really serious stuff going on. And if there, yes. are, if there are understandings that we can clarify that give us the tools to change it for the better in any way, that would be really worthwhile. Well, let me, I'm sorry we were just being interesting. Um, let me share something with you that you may or may not agree with and your listeners may or may not agree with, but something that makes sense to me because as a, a decent person, I ask, ask myself frequently, how is this possible? Yeah. How, how is it possible for people to decide that not only one or one percent or nine or 90 or 90 people, but 90 plus percent of the population should die based on somebody's decision. And they should die in uh, uh, horrible, horrible circumstances and methods. I mean, the right. people who have been jabbed with this pseudo-vaccine have been condemned to die and they're not going to die by lying down one night and waking up dead the next morning. They're going to basically destroy themselves from the inside out through a, uh, an, a manipulated and captured immune system that's going to allow quite horrible things to accelerate to the point where there's no point of return. 
You're talking about ADE, basically, or something like that. I'm talking about ADE. I'm talking about autoimmune disease. I'm talking about myocarditis. I'm talking about uh, neuropathy. And for those who don't succumb, I'm talking about having their brains invaded by graphene oxide and nano uh, nanobots and uh, hydrogel and having self-assembling um, transceiver units basically take over their functions that's what i'm talking about yeah and and i want to make one comment and that's that um a lot of us are still um you're probably one of them looking for anything that may turn that fate around if it's possible Absolutely. it's just that, it's just that i don't know of one yet nor do i now across my inbox come messages several a day saying here's how you detox from the covid jabs and here's how you prevent the transmitted um, uh, spike proteins from uh, attacking you if you're uh, if you've been in contact with people who have been have been jabbed right. and it's ceramin and it's pine needle tea and I it's a zinc and it's my product and it's your product and it's some other product and i have to say we don't know exactly and none of them none of them mentioned graphene oxide specifically well graphene oxide specifically is rather interesting of course um it looks as if Graphene oxide can be degraded naturally in the body by uh, a rather uh, uh, commonly present um, enzyme. And it takes about six months for the dose that we, we understand to be injected in one of these, um, uh, these vials of, of jab, COVID jab, to be detoxified, to be broken down. However, if you have another booster five months later, as right. Tony Fauci now wants, then right. you get another dose of the same crap. But however, again, it's not clear at all that graphene oxide protected by the hydrogel, the, the self-assembling uh, hydrogel, etc., all, yeah. all of those systems, it's not clear that that is degradable. However, again, it's not clear that this enzyme is ubiquitous. So although it might degrade it, let's say, in the lungs, there's no assurance that it would degrade it in the brain or the liver or the, you know, right. what. So all of these unknowns, well, they're unknown to us, Richard. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're unknown, but they're unknown to us. And all of these... These unknowns lead to um, fear-based speculation. We should be doing this. We should be doing that. You can protect yourself in the other way. And the answer is we need the research. We don't even, those of us outside the pharmaceutical world, we don't even know what it is that the jabbed are transmitting to the unjabbed. We know they're That's transmitting right. something. You know, a lot, of, a lot of people also are not clear on what, the sickness is that some um, unvaccinated people are getting now that makes them unable to breathe and that is easily curable by a few protocols that are all being suppressed. There's right. no, no proof that that's coming from any kind of viral connection, and especially because there's no isolated original virus and, and the variants are all coming from fabrication, basically. When 
some your your audience knows i i believe very well that in the pfizer clinical trials manual it made it clear that a vaccinated a jabbed person breathing in the same space even walking by the desk of an unjabbed person uh-huh. would contaminate them with something something and that's yeah something if the the contaminee, if the person that they breathed on, for instance, either was pregnant at that point or became pregnant, uh-huh. uh, that should be reported as a serious adverse event to the investigators within 24 hours because both the woman who was breathed upon and the fetus that she either was carrying or would soon carry um, were at risk for serious adverse um, reactions. But, But the manual goes on to specify that that report was not to be considered a vaccine adverse event because the woman the hypothetical woman in this uh, scenario was not herself vaccinated. Therefore, it wouldn't be reported. Exactly. Right. So now the question is, did they in um, uh, Pfizer or Moderna land, did they know what it was that could be given to that exposed woman and the exposed fetus to protect them? Or did they not? And if they knew they certainly didn't tell us. If they didn't know, they certainly, as far as we are aware, didn't do anything to find out. Right. Gee, how do we mitigate this? Here's my speculation on what it is that the jabbed are contaminating the unjabbed with. Okay? Yeah. And this is speculation based on... You know, reading the patents and thinking about it and looking at the symptoms. And, you know, real science starts with speculation, intuition, things like that. And that leads to great discoveries. Or dead ends. Well, I mean, you could discover that it's not the answer. Yes. But that's that's valuable, too. Right. Yes. Negative results are very important in science. That's data. It's not... uh, It's not a curse from the local juju man. It's actually a bacterium. Oh, okay. Uh, Or whatever. Right. Um, If there are bacteria. Anyway, uh, what I believe, since proteins are pretty heavy, it's hard to transmit something as big as a spike protein. Right? Uh, It could be done, but it's it's unusual. Uh, I believe what's being transmitted are small snippets of hydrogel-protected mRNA that make their way into the cytoplasm of the people who are contaminated, and then they start start producing the spike protein. Now, obviously, not obviously, it appears to me as if uh, the contamination is much smaller. When you get a jab of Pfizer or Moderna, Uh, you get 99.4% graphene oxide. Mm -hmm. But the the mRNA that you get is approximately 50 billion infective particles. Right. Um, In a flu shot, you get approximately 2 billion infective particles. or or potentially infective viral particles. So this is 25 times 
more concentrated. And I think that what happens when the, the jabbed contaminate the unjabbed is that there's a much smaller contamination. If you... Uh -huh. That makes are, sense. Hmm? That makes sense. Yeah. And then uh, if you're not lucky, if your immune system and your, your nutrient intake and other strategies isn't effective enough to keep it from replicating, then this, this mRNA will do that. But if you are able to push it off, you'll be okay. And I think it's a dose-related event. That makes sense, yeah. And, and there are doctors who are aware of all this happening, and they've re related that they got contaminated by physical skin-to-skin -skin contact with a patient they were treating. Well, they don't know for sure that it wasn't uh, uh, airborne contact. It may have been skin-to-skin -skin and airborne. Yeah, that's true. They're just guessing at this point. Right. Uh, I, I read a particularly stupid news story, um, piece of propaganda today, which said, uh, this is, it, it's just unbelievable how stupid this is. It said a black food delivery guy was contaminated by an unmasked customer who lectured the black delivery guy on how people of color, black people, Latino, Indians were at greatest risk for COVID um, so they shouldn't take the vaccine. And that evening he started feeling sick. So the news story says the unmasked um, customer gave the guy COVID, not realizing that there's a two to 14 day incubation period. But this is the kind of propaganda that we're getting. Right. You, know, you don't wear a mask and you talk to somebody and you give him COVID later that evening. Was this recent so they could tell that he was... I saw the article today. So it's probably an unvaccinated person too, right? Because they're the most selfish. Well, uh, yes. And I, I am proud to be among those uh, who are the most selfish. You know, one of, one of the interesting comparisons between the two 9-11 events of 01 and 21 is that in, in 2001, supposedly about 3,000 people were killed. If you look at the current figures that C Centers for Disease Creation has made a really big mistake and they actually allowed the VAERS figures to be there because it's part of the deal they made to have legal liability taken away from the vaccine companies, that they have to publish the damage and death. But about 1% supposedly gets reported. And if that's accurate, and it could be less for a lot of reasons, they're saying over 13,000 deaths so far, people killed by the shot. And if it's 1% of the real figures, that's 1.3 million. Um, and that's immediate death. That's immediate. Yeah, that's just the immediate ones, right? That doesn't say anything about uh, medium-term effects, and it says nothing about long-term effects. Um, we do know, and I'm sure that your your audience is well aware that the supposed approval of the Pfizer vaccine uh, is a complete nonsense. It's a bait and switch. What they approved right. is something that doesn't exist so that people would then roll up their sleeves and accept uh, 
the uh, wildly dangerous Pfizer. And um, they had to approve something that wasn't available. Because if it was available, it would kill the emergency use authorizations. Right, right. So it's very clever, uh, legalistic bait and switch. Uh, And now right behind that, the um, uh, tyrant-in-chief comes out and says, uh, you know those mandates that I promised we would never impose? We're going to do that, uh, except for a couple of notable groups. First of all, 600,000 postal workers are exempt. Why do you think he did that? Oh, yeah. 600,000 postal workers are exempt. No, I know it's true, but why do you think he, not he, but whoever told him to say that, what's the reason that they exempted the post office? Uh, Somebody thinks delivering the mail is important? Maybe. It's it's just pretty (laughs) weird. It's like, while we kill everybody, we we want the mail to be on time. And another group of people who are exempt are members of Congress and their staff. Yeah, of course, they'll all do it as a matter of honor because they'll be lining up to get the shots as fast as possible, right? Well, you know, God never told nobody to be stupid. And as my mother used to remind me, there is no cure for stupid. Um, If people choose to do that with their bodies and they have free... Uh, a free choice as to whether they do it. And they make that poor choice. It's a cataclysmically poor choice, but at least it's their choice. On the other hand, if they are coerced and threatened and um, terrified right. into making that choice, then it goes from being um, uh, a, a culpable act, a criminal act, to being murder. Yeah, and I. One of the things it puts me in mind of is that uh, I think it was Goebbels who said, "If you want to, if you're in charge of a country or a big, big dictator of some kind, and you want people to believe a lie, make it as ridiculous and gigantic as possible, and repeat it, and repeat it." Yeah. Now you know it's interesting that you mentioned Goebbels. Um, one of the um, Important people in American and world history um, thought that Hitler was just the best thing that could possibly happen. And so he sent his personal um, public relations guy, John Ivey, to Europe before the Nazis were known, before they were, in fact, a party. Uh, They had identified this up-and-coming young man, and they thought he had a lot of potential. And so John D. Rockefeller Jr., who was the Bill Gates of his time, who was also a depopulationist and responsible for the involuntary sterilization of um, tens and tens of thousands of people in the United States because of eugenics, the man who brought eugenics to Germany and sponsored the Kaiser Wilhelm Institutes in Munich and Berlin to scientifically study eugenics, uh, trust the science, remember that. Um, John D. Rockefeller Jr. sent John Ivey to Europe 
to conduct a little finishing school on public relations and um, the control of perception. And the three people that uh, Ivy trained were Goering, Goebbels, and Adolf Hitler. Oh, that's now, interesting. John D. Rockefeller Jr. also financed, or was very instrumental in financing the Bolshevik Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the story of uh, the two ships, three ships full of gold bullion that were stopped on the high seas by the Canadian Navy. Um, and they had this guy, um, uh, the, um, oh, all I can think of is Stalin, but of course it wasn't Stalin. It was uh, uh, Trotsky. Trotsky was on board And uh, John D. Rockefeller Jr. got a telegram from the Canadian Naval uh, Agency that had apprehended these three ships filled with gold bullion that was stamped property uh, Chase Bank. Mm -hmm. Um, And they said, sir, we have um, a foreigner with three ships filled with your bullion yeah you for, you um, forgot to check if it was missing or something right yeah do you want it back and he said you idiots i gave it to him <laughs> let him go and that gold was highly instrumental in um in financing the uh what we now call the soviet revolution yeah it's true so yeah. Rockefeller was working very hard to destabilize society as, you know, know, at least in 9-11, in 2001, they had planes shown on television actually crashing into two of the three buildings that fell down. So there was some sense of, you know, it really happening. This time, all of the cases of COVID have been verified by a test that doesn't test for anything. And the inventor of which said, this can never be used as a diagnostic test. Not only does it not test for anything, but it lost, it and the monoclonal antibody uh, test lost their emergency use authorization over a month ago. Yeah, but they said they could still be used through December. Through December 31st. So these are worthless tests that are measuring nothing at all except fairy dust and pixie dandruff. And still they are being used as if they had some scientific meaning. The scientific meaning that they have is the scientifically valid and economically valuable material that comes out of the rear end of a bull. That's insulting to actual bull manure, I think. I'm sorry. That's good for good for gardening. Yes, it's good for gardening. It goes well with coffee grounds. So, so it's t- the reason I had brought up Goebbels is that this is one of the big lies that that I was mentioning, is that if there are no cl- no lab diagnosed cases of COVID in existence in the world, which they're not, because the test is bogus for one thing. Even if there was a sample of the virus, this test couldn't test for it. But there's also no sample of the virus anywhere in the world that we know of. There is a, uh, a body of research, and I think valid research, that has characterized the spike protein. Right. That shown that, and this has come from many centers in the world. 
that have independently characterized the spike protein. And one of the characteristics of real science is that it can be replicated and yes. that it is replicated. So people have isolated the spike protein and they've said, look at that. There are four strands of patented HIV-1 virus that causes or is alleged to cause uh, HIV AIDS. Um, there is uh, material from the uh, SARS uh, virus that seems to cause uh, the original SARS uh, disease. There is um, genetic material from um, parasites, which cannot happen in nature. Look at that. That seems to be real. What's So missing? you're saying that's all in the protein complex? Yes. Okay. That seems, but what's missing is what's supposedly underneath all those little spikes that we keep seeing in all the little cartoons of yeah. all the little coronaviruses. There ain't no billiard ball stuck to the bottom of each of these little spikes. Well, and when they got those samples to test and what you're talking about, that was from people, I assume, who had gotten the benefit of the vaccine, right? Uh, there is no one who's gotten the benefit of the vaccine. There are people who have been inoculated with a death shot. That, those okay, people. sorry, that's what I meant. Yes, so I know. It, it was from those people that yes. they got the samples that they studied because it can't be in the ones who got sick before because they are curable in 48 hours by several protocols. And if the mRNA technology and the spike protein were working in them, it's not so easy to cure. Well... There are several diseases being caused here. One is the disease caused by graphene oxide. And if you look at the literature on graphene oxide, which is easy to do, you will mm -hmm. see that all of the symptoms caused by uh, supposedly the COVID virus are caused by graphene oxide. That's one of the problems in using it. But then again, if you look at the, um, the damage done by something called uh, SM120, which, another another ingredient in the injection. It actually happens to be graphene oxide in Moderna. The, the graphene oxide was first identified in Pfizer, but the SM120 is graphene oxide, and that was identified as being one of the components of Moderna. How odd that these two companies competing have both used the same um, uh, non-medical... Uh, poison in their so-called vaccines. How very odd. Anyway, um, graphene oxide causes all of the uh, symptoms that we identify as the corona or as the COVID disease. But then again, there are other things that do too. For instance, remdesivir, right. with supposed COVID is treated, will cause the, uh, the very serious things that tend to kill people. Um, so we have a lot of different ways of getting these same symptoms, and a number of the symptoms are caused by, ready for this? I think so. You wearing your seatbelt? Yeah, I think so. I've, right. Uh, crash helmet. You got it on? I'm okay. You good? Yeah. Okay. I'm holding onto the table. They're caused by influenza which disappeared magically yes. when we got coronavirus. And that includes the loss of smell. That includes 
all of the symptoms that are supposedly the original uh, coronavirus symptoms, with the exception of the uh, ground glass appearance of the lungs. The ground glass appearance of the lungs seems to be caused by the graphene oxide. Okay, so in coming up with a remedy for people that have gotten injected, there's two elements at least. One is you have to get the detoxification done. But the other is you have to get rid of this corrupt instruction that the mRNA delivers to the um, yes. to the chromosomes. And I've just looked at the time and I see that my next my next appointment is just about to start. Okay, so we will wrap up. But I think the the bottom line message of all this is that we've got some work to do, you know, that things need to be turned around at this point. And we need, we need solutions. And you happen to be involved in that work with Natural Solutions Foundation. Yes, please go to opensourcetruth.com and the Open Source Truth chat on Telegram, opensourcetruth.com. It's a news aggregation site. Information that you need to stay alive is there. Right. And all the work toward finding solutions to what we're talking about. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Dr. Lamar. I appreciate it. Okay, you guys. So that was a very short, wide-ranging talk with Dr. Rima Lebo, who's been a friend of ours for a long time. And she and her late husband, Dr. Bert Stubblebein, have done a lot of work with trying to counter the corruption in the medical industry and in government in general and in medical authorities and in all kinds of industries that are working against the well-being of humanity so that I would recommend to follow her work if you can and also Open Source Truth is a great source uh, Open Source, what is it? OpenSourceTruth.com I think it's .com but you want to make sure Lost Arts Radio is also carried there and has programs that are offered on Open Source Truth. Uh, but she's doing a lot of great work, and she just gave a, a huge amount of information about what's going on with the whole injection situation and the new 9-11 um, situation that is much more serious than the original one in 2001. So the focus right now is not just all these terrible things are happening in line of the original 2001 9-11, but... And not just that it's on a bigger scale now, but we need solutions. One of them is to keep people from going along with the coercion to get everyone in the world vaccinated because that doesn't stop. It's going to be more and more and more periodic injections. And Australia is demonstrating right now that it's moving toward uh, concentration camps that are being built all over the world, including in the U.S. and Canada and many other places. Uh, Going along with this is not going to be a great solution. It's just going to keep going down into more and more darkness. So it needs to be turned around. And there are a lot of great, inspiring leaders trying to get people to wake up and, and not follow it right down into the bottom of the pit. Uh, Chris Guy is one that comes to mind. <clears throat> Alex is, is doing great shows on this almost every day with incredible guests. And for... For news programs, there's a reason that Alex has been hated and InfoWars has been banned from everywhere. It's because it's very valuable. And it doesn't mean that everybody, you know, has exactly perfect information. All of us are 
working the best we can to correct our mistakes and learn more all the time. But the main bottom line is to wake up people to not just blindly follow authority. You know, we've been trained to do that for decades and decades and actually hundreds and thousands of years. But now the people putting out that misinformation from self self-declared authorities have got the technology and organization behind them to try to wipe out life on the planet, which is, I think, what the agenda is right now. And a lot of people within the power structure don't realize that. They think it's just population reduction and they're going to enjoy the world for their playground after the rest of us unnecessary people are eliminated. But I don't think they're correct. I think all of them are targeted for termination as well as other life forms on the planet. Um, I don't think it's just terraforming like Mike and other great allies of ours have talked about. I think it's complete elimination of life, which is not a good plan, right, for anybody's benefit, including theirs. So it's a consciousness issue. It's a matter of waking up, shaking ourselves out of the programming, which is really deep and and, uh, sophisticated, and getting our common sense and our observation back. And then you start thinking, wait a minute, injecting liquid poison through a hollow needle to prevent disease that doesn't sound like a really reasonable idea. A whole medical system based on swallowing compressed tablets of poisonous chemicals to cover up symptoms so that you don't see your disease anymore and you'll be really healthy. That actually doesn't sound like a very good idea either. Media telling everybody to hate each other and leaders telling you to be unselfish and submit your body to the injections of companies that have paid billions of dollars in fines for fraud and all kinds of crime. If we get our common sense back, we have a big advantage in solving the whole situation. It's just that we need to do it soon. Um, As the program right now in the current 9-11 crisis that's much bigger than the original one is to shut down the economies and sovereign nations, these lockdowns that obviously are not for anybody's health are to destroy economies and the when you cut off production and it goes together with issuing mountains of unlimited quantities of fiat cash, you do that if you want to destroy the value of the money and create famine and, and shortages of everything. You know, it should not be complied with. And totally nonviolent noncompliance, as Chris Guy and Alex and others are saying, looks absolutely necessary. And to get the understanding that clarity and the motive to put that together is a consciousness issue at the base of the entire thing, which if we do it well and we do it quickly enough, could spread to within the power structure and cause defection of people who realize, wait a minute, why are we serving a corrupt media that's lying to everybody to get them killed? Why are we, why are we serving a medical authority that is telling people to destroy themselves. Maybe this is not a good idea. You know, why why are we doing all these things that are dishonest that are going to hurt us because we're hurting everybody else? And those people can wake up and they can change. They don't, you know, the the program is not to just fight them. Defense is necessary, but to wake them up would be the best thing that we could do. So I appreciate the work that Dr. Labo and others are doing in that direction. That's the program that we're working on in Planetary Healing Club. Um, 
it's not the obvious, you know, destroy the bad guy mentality. It's something deeper. And anybody that is ready and willing to do the work on themselves to get to that level is welcome to join us, planetaryhealingclub.com. The other thing is spread the links because we're really being attacked by sensors and probably that will intensify at this point forward. Um, Spread the links, go to lostartsradio.com, find out where we're still on the air. And if you have the means to help us stay on the air and keep going, uh, there's a donate button at lostartsradio.com and also at subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio, especially doing this commercial free, which may not continue indefinitely, but I haven't found anything acceptable to do in the line of commercials. I don't want to corrupt the idea that we're just telling you stuff because we believe it and we're seeing it and we're you know getting resources together to understand it better and to come up with solutions. That's why we recommend things. Um, so we'll see what, so we need your help basically to stay on the air. Lostartsradio.com, subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio. And the bottom line message is take care of yourself because you're the hope of the world for the future. And our time for positive action is short in this chapter of life. And you're the one that could do it. It's not, not the general audience, not the person next to you, it's you. So upgrading your own Physical health, you know, finding out the forbidden elements of the real natural health protocols that should be done immediately because you really need your physical body to be effective and, you know, get off the dangerous drugs and things like that. Find out what you can do instead and take care of your own consciousness. Raise your level of understanding and what you're putting out to other people and it can spread. Positive pandemic of consciousness would be a really good thing right now. So, anyway, we're over time. Got to get ready for the Planetary Healing Club meeting in 24 minutes at planetaryhealingclub.com and just realize you're important. It's, it's not like you're one person out of 8 billion. Whoever becomes focused and determined to be part of the solution can offset millions of people who don't do anything and stay scattered. Realize your importance and decide what to do. Join us, and uh, we'll turn it around. So have a good rest of the weekend. Thanks for being here, and we'll meet you again next week. So take care, and see you soon. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program, offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our Subscribestar levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. 
which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows, except the banned ones, are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with hosts Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.